When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or anywhere you get your podcasts. And today we're diving deep into the Steelers offense, changes that may have already happened. That we do not know when will become official, but apparently everybody else already knows that it's going to become official. And uh, round two with the Baltimore Ravens and hopefully a better outcome for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But as always, it's a beautiful day out here in the Berg. It's been bone-chillingly cold last week, but that's all right. It's December. We could get over it. How you feeling, my friend? Feeling good. Uh, Struggling a little bit this morning. My family did... uh... They're big. We call it Thompson Family Christmas. We did it last night, but just gift exchange. Everyone comes over. We hang out. Um, it's a good time, but it, it does a number on you. It does a number. You guys do it, what, two days after Christmas? What do you do? Yeah, everyone. Christmas? Uh, usually, every, like, immediate family is kind of like, like, everyone just kind of hangs out with their their siblings and their and their parents um, and all that. And then everyone kind of meets in the same place a couple days after. Because we're, we're not all actually located in the same place, but we all kind of end up in the same place a couple of days after. So we just kind of nice. delay it a little bit. Nice. Nice. I like it. I like that a lot. Um, did you get anything good? What was your best Christmas present? I should ask. Well, I mean, so Santa got me some new headphones. Those were, I've been losing oh. my mind over those. Those are awesome. But also my, yeah, uh, I don't know if you can see it. It's like, I got a, like a poster and it's like a map. Oh, was that the Oakland, Oakland Zoo? Oh, uh, well, no, yeah, it's Oakland. Cooler. Yeah, it's just Oakland. Um, it doesn't have my so it has like a bunch of the bunch of the big streets in in Oakland labeled. It doesn't have the street that I lived on labeled, but I can pick it out and I'm just gonna get like a little piece of tape and write in Wells Street or whatever. But it was pretty sweet. I was really excited when I got it. No, that's a good one. That's definitely a good one. Um, I don't know. I think my coolest Christmas present might have came from the Steelers, which is this little like playoff ticket, which is oh, dope from yeah. the um immaculate reception yeah i feel like i could uh, put that somewhere yeah yeah i don't know where but i don't know i don't think (laughs) i own anything that cool so feeling Mm -hmm. good about it um maybe a maybe a negative time of the year for some people and this is a weird transition but let's talk about matt canada and the fact that according to ray fittipaldo of the pittsburgh post gazette canada's already gone there's it's it's been known within the locker room he showed up on the fan the other day and said straight up, I mean, I listened to the full context and obviously there's more that goes into this, but the big quote that everybody wanted to take away from it was, I fully expect a change to be made at the end of the season. The players know the people inside the building already know. 
I think the biggest thing here is what do they know? Do they know that he's already going to be fired? Do they know that he needs to be fired? Is there any respect left for a guy that is already halfway out the door? I just, I think there's a lot to dive in here, especially when you bring up the players who are supposed to look at this guy and kind of follow every, every move that he makes. What what were your thoughts when you saw that? Well, I think it would be really poor timing for the Steelers to kind of, I don't know. So like you said, there's a lot of added context that we don't know. Um, So whether it was some front office person saying to the, the players, we're moving on from this guy at the end of the year, or it's Matt Canada kind of hinting at that himself. It's, I think, bad business to be in the middle of a playoff race and undermining undermining your your offensive coordinator like that. Whatever you sure. think of Matt Matt Canada, it's you're not helping him out and you're not doing him any favors or making his job any easier by by letting stuff like this get out. You know, assuming that that you know it's actually true and that Matt Canada is actually kind of on his way out. I kind of, I do expect it to be true. It's raised like a guy that, you know, is usually pretty accurate, has some decent sources in there. But I agree with you. Like you're undermining your offensive coordinator. You're basically telling the team like, look, this guy isn't good enough for us. So even if we are making a push right now, like we don't really have much faith in what you guys can do under him, which is, I think, terrible, especially for a group that, you know, Mike Tomlin came running off the field the other day. And all, you see it all over Instagram, all over TikTok. It's him yelling, we grew up tonight. We grew up tonight. Right. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, they're finally clicking in a way where they could handle these big moments. And at the same time, they're somewhat told to say, okay, look, at we can't trust the guy that is calling these plays for us to, quote, unquote, grow up. And I, I just think that it, it, just like you said, it's very bad business. It's bad. It, it's a bad mindset to have for anybody in Pittsburgh. It's also somewhat of a shocking mindset to having Pittsburgh I feel like the Steelers are so it does not matter we will not let these bad situations leave inside of our building and I'm okay with like the people in the building like the part the part of it where it's like oh the people in the front office know that he's already gone like they probably do they've probably known for a while now but the players like I just I'm I'm a little lost on if that means like somebody told Najee Harris, Hey, Matt Canada is getting fired at the end of the year. Or if they just like are assuming like everybody in there knows, yeah, he stinks and he should be fired. I, I just, I don't know what way to go with that one. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, again, the timing is really weird. Like during the second half of the season where you've made a nice push and where you've, you found some stuff that works and it seems like the offense has found a bit of a, a bit of a rhythm this is the time where you're going to start like letting this stuff get out and letting, yeah, you know, letting rumors that your offensive coordinator is on the way out. That's, I don't know that that's weird. Kind of, that's just weird kind of communication strategy to me too. Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, and I, I, you can speak a little bit better to this, but since you've been on the beat for, for longer, but it sort of seems like Matt Canada was a little bit, dead on arrival like it seemed like there was little faith in him when he arrived and that faith has only gotten more like the faith has only deteriorated as time has gone on i don't know if he was dead on arrival but he died he died relatively quickly like it wasn't yeah. it, there wasn't a lot of faith after like six weeks because mm-hmm. when he got here he was replacing randy feekner who people like if you think that nah, i don't know it'd be a close one it'd be very close to tell you who people despised more 
in Randy Feekner or Matt Canada because both of them were just absolutely hated by the fan base because it was the same thing. It was a very slow, boring offense. And then Canada got here. And at the beginning, it was, okay, this guy's going to bring a new revived offense to the Steelers. He's going to bring somewhat of a college level, you know, a little bit more diversity, you know, something unique. And then it started off as pretty much the same offense that the Steelers ran the season before. And everybody at the beginning was saying, oh, this has got to be Ben Roethlisberger. It's Ben Roethlisberger's fault. It's Ben Roethlisberger's fault. It's Ben Roethlisberger's fault. He's got to retire. Then people started to realize like, okay, well, when Ben calls the plays, because he made that very known, you know, I'm drawing plays in the dirt. That's how we're winning games. Then people were like, oh, okay, this is Matt Canada's fault. He's the problem. And since then, it's it's only gotten worse. Um, so I don't know about dead on arrival, but it, 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 was, it was quick. He did not have a very good shelf life once he showed up in Pittsburgh. But I think that that's gotten like dramatically worse this season. I think that the fact that I think people are just so tired of it, of a very slow, you know, mediocre, not really getting anything going offense in the day of football where Andy Reid and Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan are making everybody and anybody work. You know, if Baker Mayfield could show up in L.A. and have great games three weeks in a row. You know, maybe that's not because of Baker Mayfield. Maybe that's because of Sean McVay. If Kyle Shanahan could make Mr. Irrelevant look really good, maybe that's Kyle Shanahan. Maybe that's not Brock Purdy, you know, and I think everybody wants to see that and is kind of getting tired of not seeing that. And Canada just kind of happened to be here when they when when that all that kind of went down. Did you did you have any sense in the last couple of weeks that maybe he was somewhat saving his job? with how good yeah. the team was playing. Yeah, it did. I mean, I, like, I don't know. Like, I, I didn't, I, I don't know. I didn't know how much his job needed saving. I thought it was pretty likely that they would stick with him. Like, at least through the end of the, you know, of course, through the end of the year. But, um, yeah, I, I feel like he was kind of doing himself a lot of favors and giving himself another shot at at this thing. Because, the you know, we talked about this on our last episode, but they finally found found out how to run the ball and that unlocked so much for them. Um, you alluded to the Tomlin thing about growing up, like this team is growing up. They're really young. Like not all of this was on Matt Canada and they've kind of been able to put together the, put together the beginnings of, of something, you know, there's something to grab onto and carry into next year now. And that just kind of made, that was the most striking thing about, you know, when you, when you sent, when I saw that um, report from Ray, it's just that, Man, this they some stuff was finally working, and now, yep. now we're we're coming out and we're we're undermining him like this. It was it was weird. It was it was definitely weird. But at the same time, like I think what what did it? I think what pushed everybody over the edge was the fact that the Steelers won. Like they won thirteen to ten against against the Raiders. It was awesome. People got to celebrate. You know, it doesn't matter how you win as long as you're winning. That's what we keep saying. But it definitely felt like a game where the Steelers could have scored 25 points and won that game relatively easily. And I think that they see that there's that potential there. You know, like I think that they see that Kenny Pickett is a good quarterback, that George Pickens is an absolute monster. Deontay Johnson is not as bad as people want him to be. Najee Harris is good. The offensive line is clicking. I think that there's so much Pat Fryermuth, obviously. I think there's so much going on in Pittsburgh's offense right now that even if they're young and just starting to grow, 
you score 13 points in a game, that's not enough. You know, you score 20 points in a game. I think they've only done it five times this year. That's not enough. You know, that's at that point, you're just looking at it going, no, we can't, we can't deal with this any longer. I don't think that they wanted it to hit the public as early as they did. But I also think that at this point, you know, like who who wasn't expecting that? Well, but the other thing is 20 points has been enough. It was enough to beat the Saints. It was 19 points was enough to beat the Falcons. 24 points was enough to beat the Colts. Like it has been enough up until this point. Like it, I don't know. Like they, there is something to like. You have to score more if you want if this team wants to be any better and compete with those teams that they got blown out to, like the the Bills and the Eagles. But they're not there yet, and that's like I, this hasn't all been on Matt Canada. They are still really really no, young, and I don't know why. I think Matt Canada can be allowed to to grow with his offense. Um, I I don't think that's. God, I'm defending Matt Canada, but the, like I know, I know. But like he has, like we can say 13 points isn't enough, but it was enough. It was enough. It it was enough because we knew that that was how this team was going to behave, and that's how they were going to win games was by leaning on the defense. I don't think anyone came into this year expecting. No, I don't think so either. But I think that at this point in the season, that should have the offense should be able to help the defense more than they are. I think that right now, like you could you could remove the Baltimore game. I'm not going to count that one. And you could remove the Jets game. Not going to count that one either. But besides that, like, I don't know. There's a lot of losses out there that you just think, like, you couldn't score 20 points against the Patriots. Like, you just could, you couldn't do that. You know, you, you couldn't score 20 points or 17 points against the Dolphins. You know, you, you barely, you scored 30 points against the Bengals, but, like, barely. You know, you shouldn't have done that one. And, and I get that the rest of them have been wins but there's just i think that at this point you know there should be those 30 point games mixed in with 13 point games you know like you should have you should have a game where you win with somewhat ease to say like oh okay you know this there is some momentum here this is this is actually starting to grow and then you have those games where you rely on the defense and i think it should you know it shouldn't the defense should outweigh the offense but it just doesn't feel like at any point the offense could go win a game if the defense like sucked like if it was a shootout, there are no shootouts in Pittsburgh. You can't you can't have a shootout in Pittsburgh this season because if a team scores twenty five points, you've lost. And I think that they kind of see that. And I, I want I think they wanted to see that progress, and it hasn't. Why don't Why don't they get credit for scoring thirty points against the Bengals? Like why? I, I, I think that was like a that... that was a garbage time touchdown. That was a that was a garbage time touchdown. Okay, it was it about as garbage counts. time as it was. About his garbage time, it was a, it's a one possession game. Like that's not that's not garbage time. Two two possessions. No, but it was a one possession time. game because they scored with, like, fifteen seconds left, or something. Yeah, that's like still that. that's still competitive. That's like the game is still alive. That's not a, that's not garbage time. Garbage time is when you're up twenty or thirty or and the game is completely un, unreachable. That game was not unreachable. It didn't. I, don't know. I, I would agree with that one. I it, I agree with that one. It wasn't unreachable, but it felt like it was unreachable. Like it felt like well, I don't think cares, George. Who cares about the how it felt? Like that was. It, but I it think that's how the players felt. I think that the like George Pickens doesn't get kicked out of a game if he still feels like there's an opportunity to win. You know, he gets kicked out of a game because he just and then he said it. He was like, "It does. It didn't matter because we already like the game was already over." Well, so I the think players George felt like it was wrong. over. 
well, I think George Pickens is wrong. It doesn't really matter how he feels because it was still a one possession game with 15 in with 15 seconds with time on the clock. But that's how the and team the, felt. Like, that's what I'm saying is like the team feels felt like that game was over. Even if, even if it wasn't, the team already felt like it was over. And well, at that, that point, like, that's a concern. Their because feelings don't make garbage time. Like the actual score and the time left creates garbage time. That's nobody's right, feelings so maybe, create. It's but still, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna push back on this even further. Like this offense was helping out the defense. They were running the ball more effectively. They were controlling the clock. Right. They were keeping them off of the field. Like there, there were tangible improvements, even if they were not showing up on the scoreboard. I would argue. I agree that there are tangible improvements. I agree with that. I think that the offense has progressed, like uh, taken significant steps forward. Has it been enough? Like, do, like is it enough? Like, okay, so let me ask this: if you if you're Omar Khan and you're heading into this offseason, you're telling me that you're feeling you're bringing Matt Canada back for another season. I never said that. It, it depends on who else is like if Cliff Kingsbury gets fired. Maybe not like y- y- you have to look at your other options, um, but I don't know. We don't have to pretend like there's been no improvement. And I, like, I-, I don't know. I don't want to defend Matt Canada, but I don't want to pretend like he's been terrible all season long and like i don't know like to this point about it being enough they've won their one two they're five and they're five and two after the bye i don't know Mm -hmm. that is enough for how this like it clearly has been enough for how this team was built and who they played scoring however many points i can't do the math off the top of my head but scoring however many points they have over these over the second half of the season has been enough to help them turn things around and get back in the playoff hunt it has. I agree with that. I can't. I can't disagree with that. I do agree with that. Now, am I still bringing Matt Canada back? No, not a chance. But I don't know. Like I, I, I agree. Like I can't disagree that there hasn't been growth because you've seen the growth. I just think that it also at the same time makes sense if they're already thinking they have to move on from Matt Canada. Do do I think they should have let that out? No, not a chance. But mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't. It, it at this point, and we're going to dive into this next. Like. There's already names on the market that I've talked about and will talk about that I would hire over Matt Canada. I'd hire, you know, I'd go, I'd go take a shot on somebody before I brought back Matt Canada, just because I just, I like, I don't, I just think that in the NFL nowadays, there's, you see significant changes like almost immediately with like really good offensive I mean, team. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, okay. look at Sean McVay showed up in L.A. and they immediately became good. Even with Jared Goff, they immediately became good. Um, Arizona hey, shows up, or Cliff Kingsbury oh. shows up, and before Kyler Murray ruined that team, they were good. Like they, I mean, they weren't great, but they had a good offense. They had a good offensive system. Kyle Shanahan shows up in San Francisco, takes him to the Super Bowl in year one. You know, and before that, he took Atlanta to the Super Bowl. Didn't win it, but they still scored twenty eight points and a half. That's pretty impressive for an offense. Like these were all these were all teams that were much more talented than the Steelers are talented and experienced than the Steelers are on offense right now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. I mean, yes and no. I don't think that LA was. With I'm not going to say LA was. Who else was on that, that Rams team that went to that Super Bowl? Nobody. Cooper Cup Robert and Todd, Woods. Todd Gurley won like MVP, not MVP, but didn't he win? Oh, Todd Gurley was on that team. Todd Gurley yeah, was when on he that actually, team. when he before his arthritis or whatever, th- these were, yeah. I don't know. You can, you can, like, I don't want to take anything away from Kyle Shanahan and, and Sean McVay and all those guys, but they had a lot more to work with and they weren't working with guys who were the vast majority of them rookies or second or third year guys. As their as their primary playmakers. Okay, so if you brought back Matt Canada next season, do you would your expectations be that this offense takes like a significant jump forward? Yeah, of course, of course. Like, yeah, everyone's getting a year older. He's got one more year of he's got one more year of experience underneath him. Yeah, like no, that's absolutely a reasonable expectation. I I don't want to like. I don't want to. I don't want anyone to misconstrue this and like think I think I'm saying Matt Canada is perfect, but he's not. No, no, he's not as at fault for everything that is wrong with this team as I think we sometimes. And I've been guilty of like treating him this way too, but like he is not as guilty of guilty for all the all the faults in this team as as we've maybe treated him like he was. I look at. I agree. I'm not trying to say that Matt Canada is the worst offensive coordinator in football. I just. I, just, I don't know. Like, I think Kenny's playing good enough, and I think this offense is playing good enough where, yeah, they might be very young, but I think that they should just show flashes of being dangerous, and they don't show any flashes of being dangerous. And that's what concerns me, is is the lack of the lack of splash anywhere, anywhere at all. Um, but I agree. Like, I can't disagree with you um, on the fact that Matt Canada might actually be improving and maybe worth another shot. If I was If I was to make the decision... I would fire him. That being said, if you were in the position and you didn't fire him, you I would understand your argument not to, and I'd agree with it. But, you know, different two sides. Now, there is a name that has popped out in the last, what, four days? I think he was, what was he, fired on Christmas, which is just the Maybe worst the day thing after. to do. The day after yeah. Christmas, like, that is just the worst thing to do. Um, Nathaniel Hackett hit the market, fired from Denver. I mean, I don't. You don't even know like what, how, where to approach this conversation because there's, there's three ways. There's the should the Steelers consider him? I don't know. Is he damaged goods after Denver? I don't know. Is the Aaron Rodgers Devonte Adams effect that real that you have to completely ignore what he did in Green Bay? I don't know. So let's start with, let's start with the the damaged goods. If you're looking at Nathaniel Hackett right now. Lasted 15 games in Denver as a head coach. In that time frame, had to give up play calling because that's how bad he was at it. Russell Wilson and that team is, I mean, way worse than anybody could have ever predicted in their entire life. Do you blame that on him? And are you looking at him going, yeah, he he's probably not getting a job next season? Uh, I don't think he's getting an offensive coordinator job anywhere next season. Um, That's not to say he'll never get back to that point, but. I, I can't imagine anyone would hitch their wagon to that after what's happened in Denver this year. And, and it's just like, I don't know. 
at a certain point when you surround yourself with that much talent and put up those kind of results, the, you don't have to do much digging and you don't have to think very hard. Um, it's especially because I, I don't know this, this guy has really cut his teeth in mm-hmm. like, as far as his coaching resume in college, you know, it hasn't been really a lot, a lot of significant work at the NFL level. Like, yeah, the Packers, but that was two years with, again, Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers and yeah. Aaron Jones at his peak. Like, there was a lot, there was a lot working for him, um, um, up in Green Bay. So I, yeah, no, I, I feel like he's got to go prove himself somewhere else. Like maybe in a, I don't know what his back, his background. I can't remember what kind of position coach experience he has, but he's got to, got to show me something as a quarterbacks coach or as a offensive line or something like that before I think I would have any faith, especially like if we're thinking about it within the context of the Steelers, there's, this is a delicate, if you're firing Matt Canada, that's a delicate transition to handle. Um, You, you can't take any chances on that. Like that, when you're talking about taking chances on a guy over Matt Canada, this is not the guy that you should take a chance on. What is your standard of taking a chance? Like, is it, is it a, a new offensive coordinator you know, like somebody who's worked well with quarterbacks, somebody from the college level. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, I feel like would lead any list just because of who he is and what he's done. But like, what's your standard? Like, where's your, okay, this is like a safe zone. This is where I'm able to take a risk. Uh, I, in this situation, I would have a very low tolerance for risk. Like it's gotta be someone with NFL experience. Um, not just NFL experience, but good NFL experience, like someone who you can point to and say they've developed this, that, and this guy and that guy. And they brought some, they've had some experience with, you know, they've had some continuity in whatever job they were in. You know, they weren't just in one or one place, one or two places for one or two years that they stuck around somewhere and that they were able to follow someone's development and say, cause, cause that's the, that's the key here is like, you got a really young team. You have to be able to develop them. Like that's the Kenny Pickett's development is the end all be all for, for this team. And so whoever you hire next can't just be a good play caller and a flashy play designer. He's got to be able to bring young players up to speed um, and, and get them, get them into the prime of their career. How short, how short is your list right now? Like if you had to, I know that you don't have a list in front of you, but like, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers and you're looking for a new AC this offseason, is are you just like, okay, it, they have to be in the NFL. They have to be working with quarterbacks already. Possibly like, I don't know, wide receiver coaches somehow do do their thing well as, as well. Mm-hmm. Offensive line coaches sometimes do, but sometimes they don't. Mike Munchak is, I think, a prime example of that. Do you, do you just look at NFL coaches quarterback coaches and say okay we're picking from those outside like say cliff kingsbury keeps his job you know there's no like crazy name out there is that as far as you're going yeah i think so um i like you you raise an interesting point about wide receiver coaches i think that's definitely something that could work too um but when one of your first round picks from the past two years is a running back too i think you got to think about that too so i don't i wouldn't want to be so passing game centric uh, what yeah, if Ben I, came back? What if Ben called um, you and said, "Hey, I'll come back. I'll work with Kenny." 
it's not good. He's he not going like, to, but what can, if he did? He can be an assistant quarterbacks coach or something, but like, be serious. Like, I would tell him, like, be serious, man. Like, no, no. Like, uh, thanks for the memories, but like, no, you have not coached at this level. I, again, like, you can't take a chance on, on this. And hiring Ben in that kind of role would be taking a huge chance. And what's Ben going to tell Ken? Honestly, like, imagine Ben as a coach. Like, I, oh, there was damn. one time when I, I was not a very good high school football player at all. And I, there was a guy, the starting quarterback on our football team was, was really good. He ended up playing in college, but they were, the first year I started playing quarterbacks, I didn't start playing until my sophomore year. I we're, we're throwing out routes or whatever. And I make a throw or whatever. And he's like, yeah, that was good. Just um try to throw it like a little harder. And I was like, I, I don't know. I'm some 140 pound, like, High school sophomore, and I'm like, yeah, if I could have, I would have. And, and I feel like yeah. Ben's going to be kind of the same way. Like, just do it, man. Like an MJ kind of like, yeah, yeah. Like MJ, Steph, like Steph Curry trying to teach somebody how to shoot threes. Just it's just right. like, just make it. It's just like I don't know how to. I don't know how to make it. What are you talking about? I have no idea right. how to do that. I, yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, not knowing Ben like personally, that feels like exactly how he would coach, and I don't think that's what Kenny Pickett needs. Um, no, I agree. I agree. I, I'm. I think it would be interesting. I would, I would very much so enjoy it. Don't get it wrong. Like if if they made that decision, uh, me and my standpoint in, the, in all of this would be like, this is going to be a very fun year. Very excited <laughs> to see what happens. Do I think it would work? No, I don't think it would work at all. What about Frank Reich? He, his name was out there a while ago. I pushed heavy Frank Reich. I think he's good. He's a good coach. I think he's a good offensive coordinator too. Um, but people do not like him because he's had a bad time in indianapolis working with 75 year old quarterbacks and carson Wentz. Right. so yeah i like frank Reich. i think we yeah we brought him up you brought him up we did bring him we up. talked about him and we talked about him i i would be i would be very i would be happy with that um you know i that seems like a very not safe but reliable like i think you know what you're gonna get out of frank Reich. um and also man it seems like the the longer the cold season goes on the more you kind of feel like he got screwed a little bit oh know? he got screwed over 100 um, yeah. got screwed they needed a scapegoat for the fact that their gm refused to go get a quarterback that was good or you could develop and then was like okay well jonathan taylor will just win us all of our football games on top of the fact that their best defensive guy in shaq leonard has missed 95 percent of the season and Quentin Nelson, who 365 days ago was the greatest offensive lineman of all time, is in the middle of the worst season he's had and an offensive line that stinks. So, and Michael Pittman Jr. is your only wide receiver option. So it's bad. It's a bad situation to be yeah. in. I think he got gypped. Um, so before we end this conversation, is Cl Cliff Kingsbury hits the open market? Is he no matter what your top option for the Steelers? And and why? Uh, I think so. Um, just, he has a history. Um, he can kind of, we talked about this at the, the top, but like, it would be a breath of fresh air for offenses that have been kind of stale, quite frankly. Um, yeah, I think he knows how to, he has a reputation as a guy who's like a spread offense. Like, I don't know. There are all types of connotations that come with being a guy who runs a fast offense and can spread people out and get people open. Uh, but he's been able to – he's been able to give running backs good seasons too. Like James Connors like had a complete rebirth, like renaissance in, in Arizona. You know, Benjamin was even really productive there while Connor was hurt. Like 
yep. there's a lot to like about how he's run his offenses, not just what he's been able to incorporate into the passing game. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that people are going to be real hard on him to be like, oh, it's a different situation, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I think that sometimes a different situation like calms people down from being too extreme and what they're trying to do. Like, I think Cliff Kingsbury has so much speed and so many weapons and such a versatile quarterback that like he's trying to reinvent the wheel over there. And sometimes you just got to take what you're really good at and say, okay, here it is. You know, let's Mm -hmm. lay it out. Let's let's calm it down. Yeah. And, and and go from there. All right. Last thing I want to talk about real quick, the Baltimore Ravens, the Steelers head to Baltimore, New Year's Day, flex to prime time. Um, you know, I think it is what it is. It's it's a totally different matchup with Kenny Pickett out there instead of Mitch Trubisky. The only thing that they're going to be looking to do is you have to stop the running game. You cannot go into this game and say, oh, we're going to beat the Ravens after they put up 240 yards rushing or whatever they did two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Do you have higher faith that this time around things change? That that the Steelers somewhat needed a smack in the mouth to turn things around. Yes, I think if for no other reason than beating a football team twice in a single season is really hard. Um, yeah, especially in the AFC North. Right. Um, and I don't. I don't know. That was a complete outlier. Like it wasn't. Like I, I pulled up the Steelers' run defense stats from from the past few weeks. Like. After the bye week, 29 yards against the Saints ran for 29 yards. Bengals ran for mm-hmm. 62. Colts 110. Falcons 146. Panthers 21. And yeah, and then the week after ran for 250 yards. Right, and Vegas 58. And 215 sandwiched in there for the Baltimore Ravens. Like, yep. I don't know. They were also with Tyler Huntley at, like, whether Lamar plays or not is is a factor. Like, are they going to lean on J.K. Dobbins as much as they did if Lamar is in there, the Steelers play really well against Lamar. Um, yeah, I do. I think there are a lot of things pointing to the Steelers having a much better day this week. Do you think that Lamar has any chance of playing right now? Like, I, I look at the situation. I don't think he's practiced in like three weeks. If you're the Ravens, are you even thinking about it? Are you even are you even considering putting Lamar on the field, even though you've already clinched a playoff spot? You could still win the North, I believe. But if I mean, like, what is that? Does that like what's a home game? You know, what's one home game? Do you? Well, I mean, it's the difference between having to like go to. It'd be the difference Cincy between having since he comes to you, right? That's that I feel like that's big. Up. I don't know. I feel like they're still gonna fight for that. I guess they would. Like, do you think they still have a lot of comp? Like, do you think it? They're still pushing for seating, right? Like, they're not folding on this and shutting it down and saying what we're we're onto the playoffs right like you don't think they're doing that right i don't think so like especially the fact that they've like they have two games left and their two games left are the steelers and the Bengals. so you know that's that's the that's the north you know you win out the steelers you beat the steelers and since he loses out you just won the north i'm almost positive like i'm not a hundred percent on that one but I feel I feel good about it. Yeah, since he's eleven and four, Baltimore's ten and five. So you went out since he loses out. You just won the North. So, yeah. but what is okay? So it's Wednesday today. You got three practices before Sunday. What what does Lamar have to do if he hasn't played in what four weeks or something? What is he? If you're the head coach, you go and you could just practice on Friday. You'll play even though you're you know just because you're Lamar Jackson. 
Pretty much, yeah. I don't know. That's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you would you do something different? No, I don't think I would do something different. I think that you'd have to look at the situation just like you said and say you got to win the North. But at the same time, like, does that does that better the Steelers? Like, if if you're facing a quarterback that hasn't played in a in a while, and he's coming off a one day practice with a bum knee, you know, on on a team that like they're not going to beat him up. Like Lamar, you're not sending Lamar Jackson out there the last two weeks of the season. And saying, okay, we're going to risk the fact that you won't be here for the playoffs just to try to get a home game. I, I just, you know, they're not going to do anything crazy with them. So maybe that does benefit the Steelers to just say, okay, well, Lamar's not going to do much. So let's just slam the middle and crowd the box and try to stop J.K. Dobbins and just move on from there. Yeah, they should probably be doing that anyway. I mean, there's no one who can catch passes on them. Mark Andrews is no like a bad. ghost now. Yeah. yeah, bad, which could be the Lamar Jackson, like not being there effect. But I don't know. Like, I, I think that it might benefit the Steelers to put Lamar out there because at that point, like you're playing with a leash, or like a short leash of just like, mm-hmm. hey, OK, OK, let's rein it back. Don't do anything nuts. Remember, we're already in the postseason. It's all OK, you know, and meanwhile, the Steelers could just say, OK, well, we have to we have to attack every other part of this team because Lamar is almost a non-factor. So maybe that does work out. But I still think it's a boost compared to Tyler Huntley, who they seem to like. I don't really think is as good as people say say he is. He's just another running option. Um, but I think that it, I, I agree with you. I think going full circle here, there's a much better opportunity this time around to shut down what the Baltimore Ravens do well. You know, you've seen a couple of weeks of J.K. Dobbins because you got to remember he was activated off IR like four hours before the game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, you you've seen what. Tyler Huntley could do two games in a row. Now you might have Lamar Jackson. You realize that there's no passing options. Gus Edwards healthy, but you could see what he could do now. I just think that there was a lot of question marks coming into the game. And now there's some tape, some film on tape. What is my play on film? So Mike Tomlin says <laughs> to go watch. And I think that does benefit them uh, quite a bit. You, you do you expect to win this weekend? I know I usually do this with Derek, but I think this is a good way to end this here. Do you expect to win this weekend? You expect the season to stay alive? Yeah. 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 Why not? I mean, I got, I mean, look, I, I think my gut says no, but my gut said your gut says no, no, why but my gut, gut said they were, no. cause I think the Ravens are just better. I don't know. Actually, I think the Ravens are better too, but yeah, no, I still, my gut still says no, but I, my gut was wrong last week. So I don't know. I'm doing a trying to self jinx, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like they win. I, I feel like they win. I think the fact like, like we said, if Mitch Trubisky throws one fewer interception in that last yep. game, Steelers win. So, yep, that's a that's a pretty. There's a large margin for error, I guess. There is a large margin for error. Everybody will get mine on Friday. I'm not going to ruin the ruin the surprise, but you know the gut saying no, the the head saying yes. So I appreciate that one. All right, we're heading out of here, guys. Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash All Steelers Talk. Find us anywhere you get your audio podcasts and find all of mine and Steven's work at allsteelers.com. Enjoy your week. We'll be back on Friday.